Hello, welcome to Cable's Conquests. I'm your host, Archie Cable, and we're here to talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol. The name's Cable. Remember it. Hello, welcome back to Cable's Conquests, episode five. And it's part one of a two-part episode where we talk about the Mutant Weekender, which is a two-day event that we finished a few days ago in London. So tonight we're recording on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, and I'm joined, uh, my romantic partner in crime is Curtis. How are you doing? Hi, Archie. Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Very excited to be spending my Valentine's Day with you. <laughs> After a great weekend spent with you, uh, you know, I get to spend the most romantic moments as well. Yeah, we're lucky. We're lucky. <laughs> So the event that we're talking about is this Mutant Weekender, which was in Elephant and Castle in London. And you were part of the team that ran it. So why don't you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, so it was actually, you know, I toot my own trumpet. This was my brainchild. I really, really wanted to host a big two-day MCP event. Uh, I've hosted two-day events before for other, other game systems. I love hosting. I'm not the greatest player as uh, listeners will have already sussed out from a few of the previous episodes but I really really do enjoy events and I enjoy hosting them so I wanted to make that happen obviously Dr Norbert is the lifeblood of the MCP scene in London so you know honestly to make anything happen best person to go to is is to go to to Norbert so I, I joined up with him and some of the members of our our local scene and yeah we managed to, to get ourselves a venue between us we we put together the pack and yeah we were able to, to put on a, a 48 player two-day event the first one of its kind for MCP in London Fantastic. Yeah, 48 players is huge. So it wasn't a simple Swiss format. So we had four games on day one, three games yep. on day two. Yeah. But what was the event style? So I wanted to model this on like a World Cup. So I wanted there to be a group stage that which would then qualify you for like a knockout round. And then eventually you'd get a winner crowned at the end. But at the same time, you know, having been to lots of two-day events myself, I, I recognize that when you go, say, two and two or, or one and three on, on day one, you know, you've won your game, so you're not right at the bottom, but, you know, you're not really playing for too much. So what I also really wanted to happen is that there'd be something for everyone to play for on day two. So what we did on day one, we had uh, eight groups of six players. And if you finished first in your group, you qualified for the Mutant Weekender Cup. That's the, the creme de la creme, the top eight at the whole competition, battling out for first place. Then if you finish second or third, you'd qualify for the Mutant Weekender Plate. So like the sort of the second tier, but um, there'd be 16 players then sort of battling out on day two over three games for that. And then the fourth, fifth and sixth place in, in the group would then go into the Shield. So hopefully, you know, you get... Put into a, you know, the group stages are very different to normal. Uh, that was quite fun. We had a live draw. It sort of built the atmosphere, built the tension for for the day. People were looking forward to, you know, seeing who they were playing and and having maybe different opponents they might normally have. But if you got drawn in that really really rough group or you know with some top table players in there and you had a terrible day one, all was not lost because day two you'd be playing with people who were like minded. Uh, similar skill levels, hopefully, and you were you were fighting for a podium place. So yeah, 
quite unique hopefully loads of fun uh, i'm hoping we've had some 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 good feedback obviously you know don't want to spoil it too much did you enjoy it archie yeah it was a great a great event and what i really enjoyed about it it was my first event where it was it felt more kind of like a US style convention because we had some kind of casual pickup games on the Friday evening where a bunch of people came down. I think it was from like three or four o'clock. The venue was open and we just played some games. Curtis and I, we both played separation anxiety, which is the um, four player kind of casual game, which was great fun. That was really, really good fun. I'd had a few drinks at this point and I I apologize to you, Archie. I wasn't a very good student when you were trying to teach us all how to play. Uh, I might not have listened, but I still enjoyed the game nonetheless. And I think I picked it up quite quickly after a few dice rolls. Yeah, it was reasonably, it was reasonably simple, but we, (laughs) uh, (laughs) we we got it. We got there in the end. And then on the Saturday night, we similarly had a few drinks while while we had a Marvel and DC quiz. So it wasn't just about the kind of big competitive seven games. There was so much else going on. Loads of prizes for all aspects of the hobby, which is always great. Yeah, absolutely. And Norbert did an absolutely fantastic job in um, getting in a, a, an absolute ton of sponsors, all hobby related, which allowed us to give prizes for first, second, and third in each of the categories on day two. We had a best painted prize, first, second, third. We had best table prizes for first, second, and third. And yeah, lo- loads of different spot prize and stuff. So that was really, really great. I think like at least half the people who turned up went away with some form of swag. Everyone got given a dice tray and stuff, all, all provided by the sponsors, which was great. And we had people coming up from all over Europe. We had yeah. Belgians there. We had people from Ireland. We had someone from Denmark, as well as, you know, mixing with our, our local local London crowd. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It definitely felt like a different style of event to what we're, yeah. we're sort of used to. It was it was fantastic. And, and yeah, we got to meet a lot of people in the MCP community, which is always good. Yeah, definitely. So while you are hosting, I'm playing. So we talked a little bit about my roster and the practice tournament from the last episode. But let's get into the roster building section where I'll tell you a bit about what's changed. You're boring me. If you want to help me nail them, get your team together and let's get started. So Archie, hopefully the listeners have already got a grasp of what your roster looked like if they'd listened to the the previous episode of you going down to Christ at the cafe for a bit of a practice. Obviously that event didn't go entirely your way. We talked about some potential changes. You went away, you went back to the drawing board. What changes did you make? So maybe it's easiest. I'll run through my roster and then we can just focus on the changes. So it's the similar roster to the last episode, which is a Defenders Web Warriors combo. So the characters are the Immortal Hulk, Amazing Spider-Man, Daredevil, Wolverine, Elektra, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Wong, Mars Morales, and Ghost Spider. The team tactics cards were Patch Up, Sacrifice, Heroes for Hire, One Below All, Fall Back, No Matter the Cost, Exceptional Healing, Mission Objective, All Webbed Up, and Spider Tracker. And then my crises were Gamma Wave, Mayor Fisk, and Deadly Meteors for Secures, and Montessi Formula, Research Station, and Legacy Legacy Virus for Extracts. So immediately I'm thinking, "Hmm, what's changed? But then I'm like, where's Ancient One? Yeah, so the audition that we talked about in the last episode, Electra very firmly won that audition in the episode. And so Ancient One was dropped. We, We now have only three fours, and Mars Morales was brought in. And the main reason for bringing in Miles was to support that Web Warriors pivot and to have a guy that can 
steal objectives more effectively so that I can go wider with defenders or web warriors and have someone like Miles who's a bit tanky and can steal. I actually was very close to putting in Black Cat. And in fact, up until Saturday morning, Black Cat was in the roster for Iron Fist. But I played with Iron Fist on one of the pickup games on Friday night and he was unbelievable. <laughs> but I was like, well, off the back of that performance, I want Iron Fist more. So I brought I brought back Iron Fist. It always seems to happen for me with Black Cat. I I, I almost bring her and then and then I'm like, oh no, nah, let's take someone else that I find more interesting. I get that. I totally get that because you see you see a lot of Black Cat, even since her changes. Uh, she's different to how she used to be. Obviously, the, the steel mm-hmm. is less efficient, but she's so much tankier. So so it doesn't need to be any more efficient. You know, she doesn't mind diving on a point and stuff. But as a result, you do see her everywhere. So I completely empathize with you not like leaning away from her and bringing someone slightly different in. Mm-hmm. I do worry for you, though, because obviously she's, she is excellent. So, yeah, yeah I, wonder, I wonder if you'll miss her. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to finding out. So... That was the one change in characters mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. It sounded like there was a couple of changes in your secures and extracts. Do you want to talk us through those? Yeah. So this roster really wants to focus on defenders. And particularly, I want to be kind of a brawly defenders team kind of focused around Immortal Hulk. So some of the secures and extracts that I had last time were just too wide. So I've gone really up the middle. So Gamma Wave and Mayor Fisk are the same for my secures. And I've brought in Deadly Meteors, which is a three-point pay-to-flip, but it's quite close together. And so I quite like this because characters like the Immortal Hulk and Amazing Spider-Man are quite good at pay-to-flips. And it's sufficiently slow scoring that if I'm up against, say, a Web Warriors or a Hellfire Club like last week, I'm not worried about them kind of running away with with the secures. Yeah, I get that, especially with with the pay-to-flips. They can't just you know, put a model on there and expect to hold it and, you know, stay alive on it. They've got to be able to flip it. If you can get in there late and flip it, then then obviously it's still your point. You said Amazing Spider-Man's really good at mm-hmm. page flips. Talk me through that. So since his update, so he's a 4-4-3 character defensively. So Mutant Madman requires a page flip, which is physical. Deadly Meteors and Spider Portal require a page flip, which is energy. And on both, he is 4-4. Four and four. So he's very good at flipping those but also now if he rolls a crit in those rolls he refunds the power so suddenly he's this super mobile guy who can potentially regenerate his flips power which is great so potentially with the long move as well he could be running up to the middle flipping that central deadly meteor you know he's got four dice to chase the crit if he gets the crit he can then either you know jump back or pick you know jump onto an extract and hold that i mean we all know how tanky the main Spider-Man can mm. be with his with his reroll. So, oh, nice! It's like um, like a pseudo sort of mystique style approach. Exactly, exactly, and that's good for for that slow score. And then just to round off the changes, I think the only change was that I swapped out the Smash Tactics cards for fullback, and that's again for that pivot for when I'm playing against a wider list and I can't just go up the middle. It's just more tech to help me keep hold of extracts and escape the clutches of steals and and whatnot. Yeah, so I find so I think back to sort of your experience last at the last event with this. I think the crisis changes hopefully are going to really go in your favour because mm-hmm. you're you're no longer gifting those teams that enjoy going wide with a secure and extract that they like. 
yeah. because the the chances are they don't like any of yours now. Whereas before mm-hmm. there was always that one in three that they might have liked, or I think on your extracts, two of them were quite wide. So nice. So you're really leaning into those fighty ones, but you could go webs should the crisis dictate that. Yeah. So the biggest changes are those crises, just narrowing them up nicely. Exciting. So should we should we head into 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 the group stages and find out who your round one opponent was? We're not retreating. It's victory or death. So Archie, you've arrived in Elephant and Castle. Turn up to your table. Who is your game one opponent, and what are they bringing? So game one, I'm playing against Chris. Chris with no H was his Longshanks handle, nice. and he was playing Web Warriors. So immediately. I'm up against a team that I've played against in my previous event and lost to. So I'm hoping to put into practice what I've learned. Yeah, well practiced. This this couldn't have gone better. So I win priority. So that's a difference from the last episode. So that's a good start. Um, well, we've not practiced for this though. So no, true. And we draw <laughs> Mayor Fisk and struggle for the cube. Oh, right. Okay. So that's quite fight. Even though there are five extracts on the table, they're like, mm-hmm. they're sort of doing damage. And, you know, unless you've got natural healing factor, yeah. it's not really a way to mitigate that. Yeah. And I think the nice thing about Mayor Fisk is there's four points for secures. So it's not quite as swung in the favor of extracts. Of course. And the threat level is 17. Right. Okay. So uh, what do you choose? So I go with a classic Defender 17 based off my roster, which is Daredevil, Immortal Hulk. Wolverine and Wong. I think this is such a powerful 17. It's like the the number one threat level that you want because you want to put these four models down. Like Mm -hmm. Immortal Hulk and Wolverine just will do so much work. Daredevil doesn't die. Yeah. And Wong keeps them all healthy. Yeah. And Mayor Fisk is particularly good because both I-Hulk and Wolverine are immune to stun. Oh, of course. And they're the two that you want on the Mayor Fisks, right? Whereas, yeah, the others can go pick up their cubes. Yeah. And so he brings, it's a very websy list. It's Miles Morales, Spectacular Spider-Man, Ghost Spider, Black Cat, Lizard, and Wong. Ah, yes. Wong, the honorary web, because they don't have a two threat. Yeah, so it's six wide to my four. Oh. So I'm hoping to get priority a lot. Yeah, and keep it, absolutely. And, and it'd be nice if you could smash a character or two a turn and still hold priority. Exactly. So... Round one, we kind of both set up reasonably centrally. The cubes are quite narrow and, and the Mayor Fisk is quite narrow as well. I pass turn one, I think. Classic. Because might as well. And his lizard comes up and steals my back right cube. So he's very aggressive with oh, his lizard. Ballsy, yeah. And Wolverine is on that side. So I go with Wolverine. I move him up. So not onto the Mayor Fisk. I move him once and attack lizard. And do three damage to Lizard. So that's after damage reduction, after defense dice. So that's a pretty good start from Wolverine, getting some power generation, doing a bit of chip damage to Lizard. Daredevil takes my back left, and then Black Cat and Spectacular Spider-Man walk up. Black Cat takes the middle cube, and Spectacular Spider-Man sits on the left-hand side, Fisk. So they're quite kind of aggressive on that side. And then on the other side... I think Gwen goes and picks up his back cube and Wong kind of hangs around passing out power and Miles picks up his back left cube. How many cubes does he pick up? So he's got four. Four of them. Did that not tempt you to to not patting first round to grab a cube? So I considered it 
but I didn't think he'd be so aggressive with Lizard, to be honest. Sure. Because I had Wolverine sat there ready to pounce. Right, of course. But before the round is over, I think it must have been the penultimate go, I Hulk walks up. Oh, well, leaps up, I should say. Punches Spectacular Spider-Man into the ground. Spectacular Spider-Man dazes turn one. I think I might even get a throw into Black Cat to do some chip damage into her. So it's a great start from the Mortal Hulk. And it means that I take the left Fisk. Oh, that's right. I didn't pass round one. I actually wonged round one, but just meditated and passed power off. So Wolverine charged into Lizard. So that's why he did so much damage. And then he walked onto the right um, Fisk. So at the end of round one, I'm actually up 5-4 because I've got both the Fisks and one of the cubes, whereas he's got the four other cubes. Ah, okay. So, so actually not a bad plan knowing that like you said there's four points for the fist yeah. if you can control those by going late and throwing and doing damage then actually you just need the one cube to stay ahead exactly fisk is quite good for me because it means that i can just sit on them and score lots of points and i don't have to worry so much about going behind with the extracts sure so then round two starts with i hulk and because he's got two characters i hulk is happy to go and daze people and he he overachieved. I tell you, this game, he overachieved. Wow. He KO'd Spectacular Spider-Man. Poor Spectacular Spider-Man. Barely had a go. Yeah. And dazed both Black Cat and Gwen. Wow. In one round. So that's just thump, throw, thump, throw. Yeah. I think I actually used the Daredevil leadership to re-roll some of my dice against Spectacular Spider-Man to make sure that I only did four damage to him. Or it might have been against Gwen. Because you'd over-damaged, so you wanted yeah. to get, let, get fewer hits. So then I could throw him into, into one of the others. Yeah. And I think because I'd done some damage to Black Cat, she was actually quite susceptible to the throw. Nice, nice. So in doing so, I lost priority. But I, <laughs> but I dazed three characters. And it meant that I could pick up a cube with Hulk. He must love the cubes, right? Because of the power it gives him. Yeah, and also that's the other thing is that they're taking chip damage. So actually that's fine by me. So as a turn one play, yeah, it, it probably helps your attrition game to let them hold a few cubes. Yeah. So I think Black Hat maybe took one or two damage from round one, then took another damage from holding a cube. And so she's only one to maybe two off dazing. So a couple of throws. It's not that unlikely. Yeah, there's not much you can do about that. So that's on that left flank. Wolverine unfortunately fails to take out Lizard and then is thrown off the right Fisk by Miles. So Miles swings across with his cube and his power that he's got from the cube and Lizard is starting to heal up, which is a bit of a bummer. So that kind of right-hand side is a bit pillow-fisted and Daredevil ends up having to double move just to deny the Fisk points that Miles would have got. So the big play in that round was I help going round one, uh, sorry, turn one and just yeah. absolutely mullering three characters and then the rest is a bit pillow fisted so the round ends nine seven to me because i've managed to take one of his cubes and we're contesting the right fisk so i've not got those two vps again but i've got four vps two for one fisk two for two cubes nice and he's he's now sitting on three three cubes yeah so it's still quite close but my attrition is really motoring yeah 
and and he's he's lost a character, so that's another character that yeah. can't now score and affect yeah. the game. And mm. it sounds like a few of the characters are, are nearly there. Yeah. So his priority now, however, which is, you know, unfortunate. And he goes with Black Cat and he steals with, off the cube off a of Mortal Hulk and then runs away. So he actually runs towards my side of the board away from all my characters because the Fisks have been steadily moving slightly closer to him. So the further she can get is like back towards me. <laughs> so that's quite a nice play. But then on the right hand side, Daredevil's been powering up. And you know what happens when Daredevil powers up? Oh, yes. He does a big old area attack. Yeah. And I think because of the various attacks that have been done, I think his miles is pretty healthy. You know, maybe he's he's taken two damage just from holding a cube for two turns. Sure. His lizard is one off because Wolverine failed to take him out. And his Wong is... Wong. He's got some... some yeah. So I do the big air attack. And it's it's a big air attack. He dazes Miles. I think I use all the re-rolls on Miles just to make sure. He dazes Lizard with one health. Uh, and then he fluffs against Wong. So I push oh. Wong. I push <laughs> Wong away. But I've taken out the two characters that I really needed or really wanted to take out there because if those two are left to their own devices, they're a real pain. Aren't you just handing priority back to him again? Yeah, but I'm thinking... He, he's got priority at the moment, but I'm thinking that if I can daze a bunch of characters, the, the scoring can add up quite quickly here because there's nine VPs on the table. and I'm Yeah, nine... you're already two ahead. Exactly. So that's two characters, two big important characters down, and Black Cat has run away, so there's another character that's not scoring secures. I think Wong then runs away because I think he's holding an extract and he's, he's just trying to keep Wong alive. Wong isn't far off death given area attack but i think that's a mistake because it then means that i hulk can go and he can ko gwen so gwen i think gwen would have been the better option there just to try and do something but i hulk is then able to ko gwen so in that turn i've taken out well i've dazed two characters and taken gwen off the board so he's down to four characters left and and i think you know, that's that's the game there because I then have the secures and I also have three extracts. So do you close it out that turn? So it's 16-9 at the end of the turn. So he scores two VPs, one with Wong and one with Black Cat, but Mars and Lizard drop their their stuff and yeah. Hulk's holding something at this stage. I suppose in hindsight, maybe Black Cat stealing and running away is probably not the best move. Because you've got the two-point lead, her safely securing one point is not sufficient for you to be concerned especially when that turn is used to not not stop you from scoring all the other points yeah and the fact that you can take the characters out after that it's almost as if you had priority anyway yeah so it was going to be tough for chris at the end of round two just because of the way it had gone but yeah i agree i think black cat could have staggered i hope could have staggered daredevil maybe just to try and stop my attrition. Because really, I think actually this game was won by the fact that I drew Mayor Fisk. And so it meant I could just focus on the secures, which the webs don't like to sit on because they take damage from the Fisk. They get stunned, which they hate, and they have to come up and fight my big boys. Yeah. Which they also don't like. And because of the cubes as well, they don't have a huge health pools. A lot of them are like five health, yeah. aren't they? So yeah. yeah, you know, holding a cube and then, you know, getting 
damaged by the Fisk, suddenly Immortal Hulk doesn't even need to do particularly you know spiky attacks. No. He can reliably reliably finish them off. So yeah, I'm really pleased that your game plan of going more fighty worked. I know you didn't get to play Mayor Fisk in the practice, but it sounds like uh, whatever you're planning, whatever you're cooking up, it sounds like it did the job. And it's nice for you to get that win against Webbs. Well, without further ado, let's uh, let's move on to round two. So you've won your first game in the group stage. I'm sure that must mean you're up against someone else who's won their first game in the group stage. Who is it and what they bring in? So I'm up against Tom Van Anderoy from Belgium. So I hope that's how you pronounce your name, Tom. I apologise if not. That's really nice, though, that you got to, to play one of the Belgians. It's a completely new experience for you, I imagine. Yeah, it was great. It was great. He brought mints, so I had some mints during the game. Oh. That was very nice of him. Oh, lovely. What was not very nice of him, however, was he was playing Hellfire Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you've practiced. you practice against Webb. You've got your win. you practice against Hellfire. Fingers crossed that'll, true, true. that'll set you up. So I, I, which I haven't practiced, is I won priority. So that's two in a row. So it's, it's such a swing, such a swing, a 50-50 <laughs> thing. And we draw deadly meteors on my side and scrolls on his. So weirdly, I've not had experience with deadly meteors, but I have had experience with scrolls because yes. it used to be in my roster. <laughs> but it, it was it wasn't it more of like oh, what not to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, deadly meteors is an interesting one because I imagine out of the three secures that you're bringing, that's probably one the one that the Hellfire Club prefer, just because there's three of them rather than two of them. Yes, probably. The only thing is they're pay to flips, which I don't think Hellfire Club like a huge amount. Sure, but they still they can still benefit from their leadership right yeah. when they're contesting. But yes, you're right. They um they can't just throw you off a point and expect to to win that secure. Yeah, we're picking at seventeen threat. Tom chooses seventeen, so I go with Web Warriors. So we've got Amazing Spider Man, we've got Gwen, Miles Morales, Elektra, and Wong. Oh, nice. So going with Web Warriors rather than Defenders, your experience on scrolls is that is that playing on your mind? What's the thinking there? So my thinking is that my, yes, the scrolls is problematic and I have some ideas for how to make it less problematic with some of these characters, which I'll get into. Also, I really want to take ASM because as we said in the, in the, in the roster building part, he's great on pay to flips. Absolutely. And I think that that 17 that I played last game was great, but I think on this map, with this crisis combo, it probably wouldn't have been quite as effective. And having played against Hellfire Club before, I was expecting them to go quite wide, so I wanted to go toe-to-toe. Sure. However, Tom surprises me, and he goes, Emma Frost, Bill, new Ultron, and very excitingly, new Doc Ock. Ooh. So he splashes Doc Ock into Hellfire Club. Interesting. So he goes four wide, which is quite an unusual thing to see with, with Hellfire Club. Yeah. I wonder if he's thinking, well, you know, there's four extracts, so I don't need any more than four. And there's only three secures, so let's let's go taller. Yeah, and, and he's actually got great characters for this pay to flip because Bill, Doc Ock and Ultron all have four energy. And Doc Ock has the same mechanic as ASM, where if he rolls crits, he gets his power back. So I decide to go with ASM's leadership. And the reason for that is because of the, the way that he's set up is... He's got three medium movers on medium bases. So that allows him to move. Say he has the perfect setup with Bill. He can go flip the first origin bomb, second origin bomb, third origin bomb, all in one go. Wow. But when they're slowed, they can only make it between two with two moves. So I figured that that's probably a better thing to do. 
that's a really good spot. I don't think I would have it would have even crossed my mind about their mobility on on the meteors. Great spot. Yeah. Round one goes, and I do a ballsy play. Miles goes and steals the enemy scroll. Ooh. You've seen this before. Norbert did this to you. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. Thanks, Norbert. <laughs> and the way the terrain is laid out, I can kind of block him. So even if he fails the push, he doesn't get pushed directly towards. He kind of gets pushed more sideways. Uh... But I position it in such a way that he can do that. He ends up getting attacked later in the round, but survives because I've brought fallback. Nice. So he takes maybe two damage and then he gets attacked again. I think he's then one off. And he falls back. Great. That two damage then is perfect to, yeah. to be able to pay for, for fallback. Exactly. So I think this is his Ultron attacks him. He attacks with the drones, does two damage. Attacks with Ultron, does two damage. And so he falls back. So he's in relative safety. Meanwhile, the ninjas take the home my home scroll. Great. I'm pretty sure they get pushed, but then they just move back again because a medium base allows them to grab it and have two moves. And Electra takes the right one. Bill picks up the his uh, the left scroll and flips that left hand bomb, but he gets pushed by the scroll. So he flips the bomb, picks up the scroll, gets pushed. So I push him way off to the left to try and keep him out of out of it. And my Wong flips the right bomb, and Emma flips the middle bomb. And when Emma walked up to the middle bomb, Miles used his remaining two power to spider tracker so that he's even safer. Oh, great! So that by the time I'm getting to round two. He's well within my kind of home territory. Yes, he's taken four damage, but he's he's pretty safe. So this was all going really well. And ASM is my secret weapon here. So the idea of going with ASM last is he can long move to the middle. So I long move to the middle, middle thing. I then roll my four dice and get three blanks and a skull. So he takes the damage and fails to flip it. Uh... But we're all good because... I can then attack the drones who have one or maybe two dice defense and three health. And I do two damage, which is really annoying because all I needed, if I could have got three power off of this attack, I could have web swung to the left scroll and flipped that because Bill was off it and I'd have had a better chance of doing it. So my super secret, sorry, my super smart plan to go with ASM and really kind of swing that last turn doesn't work out which i'm gutted by <laughs> i think it's so unlucky i think it's because you know the game plan is totally sound the decision making is totally sound i hate blaming dice but the dice will let you down a little bit there i think in hindsight maybe i could have just double moved to the left one but because the way the dice rolled i wouldn't have even got that one so yeah <laughs> but at the end of that turn i have three scrolls and i have one bomb and he has two bombs one scroll okay so it's four three to me i was hoping for quite a big swing to go maybe six one up or even five two up but i'm still ahead and i've got the extracts which is really what i wanted but is asm in a bit of a tough situation where he is he's a bit exposed which if he'd managed to flip the bomb he could have got out of there he is but i'm not too worried about him because he's pretty tanky and witty banter is quite online and he's not holding an extract so there's quite a few things that are mitigating. So round two starts and Mars gets dazed by Doc Ock, which is not really that surprising. He's only got one health left. And I kind of thought that was going to happen. He had priority. There's not much I can do about it. But that was one thing. He played his Doc Ock card, which is the this is our day card, which means that if he drops objectives, 
he can place them within range three. Oh. And he gets to choose where they get placed. Range three is so long as well. Yeah. And he, he said that this is one of the big reasons why Doc Ock is in the list. Ah. It's quite an interesting one, and it's quite a good counter to someone like Miles who can steal. But anyway, Miles is not relevant for this turn because he gets dazed by Doc Ock. I then go with Electra, and essentially the only reason I'm going with Electra is because the ninjas run to a corner. So they're holding a scroll, and I basically want to make it so one of his four threat characters, or even five threat characters, have to chase them down. Yeah, and then you just got a point in the corner while, you know, the rest of your team is the same threat as his in the middle. Exactly. So Electra doesn't doesn't really do a huge amount. Ultron then dazes Wong. I'm not I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> no. Gwen starts kind of pulling some characters around. Bill starts walking back into the middle. He he doesn't do a huge amount. But the big play of the turn was Emma mugs ASM. Oh no. Oh, we've been here before. It happened to me before. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Deja vu. So I think she does her builder into her spender. Right. And she gets the hit wild trigger, even through the witty banter, because he rolls like two wilds and two hits. So yeah, there's nothing you can do. And so he moves ASM into range of the spender and then spenders into him and takes him out. And I was again planning on going with ASM last so that he could flip points so this is so frustrating and it means that there's there's a bit of a flip in the score he then goes eight six up so he manages to pick up five points is that so he's taken miles's scroll yeah and then has he got an additional scroll he has i think he has all three of the bombs oh and he's already got his own old scroll yeah yeah so he's two scrolls three bombs yeah netting him five points but then you're down to two scrolls yeah that's it so I was thinking that ASM can go last and start flipping things, but ASM gets dazed, which is a bit of a shame, but it does mean I have priority. So round three starts and ASM all webs up. Nice. So ASM has loads of power now because he's been rolling loads of dice, he's taking loads of damage. So ASM all webs up and he dazes Bill. Great. So a fully healthy Bill gets dazed, which is a pretty impressive thing to do. That's really good, because it's not easy. And also, it means he can take Bill's scroll, and because of the spender that I did with him, he gets a medium move, and then flips that left bomb. Perfect. So ASM's had an excellent all-webbed-up turn. However, then Emma steps up and KOs ASM. And I think oh, you were watching at this stage. Yeah, I was. He's fully healthy. He's got witty banter online. I think the same thing happens again. She does one builder into one spender with witty banter with all the rerolls and KOs ASM. Oh gosh. Which which is rough. Because that's my leader and that's my big guy that can really like swing these origin bombs. So that is that is painful for me. But on the right hand side, I've been able to slow Ultron. I, I think it was through the leadership before ASM went down. And it means that Gwen can double tap him with all webbed up and dazes Ultron. So that's quite a big, big moment for Gwen. I think he'd maybe taken one damage already, but Gwen has like six dice into nine dice. I get pretty lucky to get it, but she does really well. And that's big. And then Miles also dazes Doc Ock. So in that turn, I've lost my leader, but all of his characters bar Emma are dazed. 
And it allows me to kind of have a bit free reign on the board, getting scrolls back and flipping points. And that turn swings back in my favor. So I'm 12, nine up. Wow. He's, he's only gotten one point there, even though he's taken ASM out. Yeah. Because Emma picks up ASM scroll, but everyone else gets dazed. And he never got a chance to take the left bomb. And I had like Electra and Wong and uh, Miles being able to flip stuff. Wow. Oh, well, well done. Well done for recovering there. So this was a good, it was a really good all webbed up turn as well, because I, I got loads of people slowed and with the leadership managed to get everyone slowed at some point. So it really meant that I could really like maximize the webs go. And Miles now has a scroll and gets attacked by Ultron and survives on one health. So with his rerolls, he manages to survive. Maybe I'd sacrifice, not even sure I needed it, but I think he, he does really well. And so he then runs away. So he moves to quite far back because I'm thinking I just need four VPs this turn. So if I can keep three scrolls safe, so I've got one with the ninjas, one with miles, which are pretty safe. And then all I need is one origin bomb and I win the game. So that's my plan here. And he's still seven points off. So actually he can't win it this turn. Yeah, exactly. Gwen then gets dazed. I mean, she's pretty squishy and she was in a bit of, bit of peril she's going to be exposed as well when you go early with those other characters to get them out and dodge yeah so she's going to be exposed yeah and i think this was then an error of mine because i think i pass i think i'm now in a position where i can pass because i've had characters days and asm was off the board so we were evens are you thinking about wanting to flip the bombs last so i'm thinking trying to flip the bombs and i'm basically backing electra to survive right because Electra has full six health and she's four, three, three, and she's got stealth. Bill moves up and does four damage to Electra off his, it might've been that, you know, that six dice Stormbreaker one. Right. And then throws a size one piece of terrain at her and she doesn't block anything off four dice. <laughs> and Electra goes down with one of my scrolls. So if Electra survives that, I'm then getting those three VPs from the scrolls, and she just needs to get one of the origin bombs. And because of the way that the turns had gone, I think Emma might have been the only character that needed to go. And she can't pick up another scroll, can she? No. I mean, I would have had all the scrolls. And I think the way the origin bombs were laid out, he wouldn't have been able to get them all. It then means that Emma moves onto the left scroll, which is her closest one. She's slow as well, so she has to move twice to get onto this. <laughs> and she flips it of course she you know does. she rolls what three three dice is that right emma three energy so but she, this one's physical isn't it no, so it's only like energy, two dice energy oh is it energy oh she's got three energy yeah so she gets her three energy which ends the round at fifteen thirteen. so i'm one point away from winning but at this stage i'm in a real uphill struggle because yeah, you needed to do it that round, didn't you? I was really wanting to do it that round because now he's got all four of his characters. Yes, yeah, some of them are, have been dazed, but that doesn't matter. But he's got board control. I must have priority at this stage. And Electra goes and does her spender and fluffs. That's the impale. Yeah. So she does her five dice mystic attack, which allows her to place. And then she does her spender. And I think off those two attacks, she fails to take anyone out. And that means Electra is right in the middle. Yeah, she can flip the bomb, but she's then got Bill and Emma and Doc Ock right up there. So that's a big miss because 
I just needed to take a character out. It didn't really matter who, just take someone off the board. I think that's fair. Because I imagine Age of Ultron is online, yeah. so he's he's not target. Bill is not easy to take out because of his damage reduction. Doc Ock feels like the, the best option yeah. there. Yeah, so I think that was pretty unlucky. What was then more unlucky was Gwen got KO'd by the Ultron drones. Oh, no. They got two four dice attacks into Gwen and KO'd her. And then Ultron went and KO'd Wong. All you've got is, is Electra at this point. No, I've got Miles as well. But he's away, away. But So he, he then has to run back into the middle. So I think he triple moves. So he does his move, move, and then swing. And he flips the middle point. So, so heroically survives and flips the middle point. But unfortunately, it means the game is at 17 all. So I still can't clinch it. And now Miles is right in the middle of the table. Electra's right in the middle of the table. Yeah, at this stage as well, Electra gets KO'd because oh, she's got three, which no. means also that the ninjas drop the scroll. So had Electra survived, I would have won that turn because I'd have got an extra VP from the ninjas. So all I've got left at the top of round six is Miles. And at this point, I'm thinking he's going to have to do something pretty special. He does all right. I think he takes one of them out, but ultimately... He gets KO'd and the game ends 17 17. Oh, with KO. With all my characters off the board. Yeah, because of course the game ends immediately, doesn't it? So so the score stays the same, but obviously because you've been tabled. Yeah, I lose on a technicality. On <laughs> a technicality. It sounds like you had some really good early turns, you know, one or two misplays slash compounded by some bad luck meant that your, your, your points lead, you ran out of steam. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the game was over at the end of round four. Is that when you were 15-13 up? That was when I was 15-13 up. I, I needed to win that turn. Otherwise, my characters were out of position and vulnerable. I think, to be honest, this, this was a great game. I really enjoyed this game because it felt really close all the way through. But the big thing was ASM really underperformed. Turn one, he failed to do any flips, which is pretty unlucky with a character like ASM. And then round two and round three, he gets dazed, then KO'd by Emma. Yeah. And I think that is similarly very unlucky because he's not as good against Mystic, but he still has all his rerolls and he still has Witty Banton. Yeah. He's what? Is he six and seven? Six and six. Ah, six and six. Yeah, I think it's not probable, but it's certainly more possible because the, with the throw, if the builder pops off to the point where you then get enough power to do the spender and the move to make them make sure they're in range, if they're only in range initially means that you then get the throw so between the two attacks you only need the five damage to then finish them off with the throw i think that was the thing i think what was unlucky was that on both his builders he got the trigger and the big damage spike which gave him the power to do his spender but asm also didn't roll much defense so <laughs> it was one of those where it was a real shame because i felt like i played this game well there were a few mistakes in there but I felt like I played this well. But I think that kind of sequence of events really set me back. Yeah. I think if you had your time again, I, I don't think you do too much differently. Certainly not in that turn one. I think turn one sounded really good. But it made it made you vulnerable when it didn't come off. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked this list. But it's the classic story of Web Warriors. Web Warriors need to win quick or they die. So that's the kind of risk you run. Maybe, in hindsight, Miles would have been better just to try and boost my defences a little bit more because it was a bit more of a melee. Because the, the ASM leadership came in a little bit, but not as much as maybe Miles would have done. 
Well, you'd have had Mars's all the way to the end as well, because he was the last man standing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, it sounds like it was on a knife edge, and sadly you fell the wrong side of that knife edge. But you're one-on-one. Hope is not lost. You've got two more games today. Let's crack on and have a look at game three. So, Archie, you're one-for-one. One. Game three of the group stage. Who are you up against, and, and what are they bringing? So I'm up against Tom Dalton, who is one of the Irish contingent. Oh, excellent. The real nation's event for you. Yeah, I think Chris was a Spaniard in round one. We played a Belgian Tom in round two, and now we're up against an Irishman. So, Oh, wow. Good, uh, good day. It feels like Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> so I rock up, and I lose priority. Oh, nice. Good. that You're well-practiced. I'm back in my comfort zone. And we draw Riot Sparks and Research Station. So if you remember to last week, round three, I played, or last, sorry, last episode, round three, I played Darren at this exact crisis combination. And Tom was similarly playing Web Warriors. Oh, what does he, what does he bring to the table? Does he follow in Darren's footsteps? So I'm thinking to myself, because I get to choose the threat value, I'm thinking what happened against Darren was Gwen popped off. And I was like, I back the dice not to do that again. <laughs> oh, you. I'm tempting it. I'm tempting it. And so, so what I go with is I go with 15 threat. I go Daredevil, Electra, and Immortal Hulk. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the idea being is I dominate the researcher and I just then need to take one more and then his characters all die and I win the game. That's the, that's the plan. But there's four riot sparks on the table. Is that not, is that not a worry? Yeah, I'm thinking basically I can take, because the ninjas can hold the research station. Of course, it's an extract. Yeah, so essentially I have four scoring characters. Excellent. So that's why Electra comes in. And also I was thinking about 17, bringing Wong along, but I didn't want him going six wide because that really got me last time against Darren. So he brings Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Bill, and Wong. So he still goes five wide. Yeah. Still goes five wide at 15, which I was expecting because webs can do that really easily. But I'm thinking, yeah, if I can keep hold of this researcher, then I'm, then I'm all good. Round one kicks off. Daredevil sits back. Electra goes right. And the ninjas go up onto the midline. Excellent. He uses Wong to do R&D, which I forgot about when I moved Electra up which was a rookie error because then it meant that Miles moved, swung onto the point and punched Electra. And he did five damage to Electra off the bat with a throw. Is she six health or five she's health? She's six health. She's six health. Oh, okay. She's still standing, but she's no longer on the point. But she's still standing. So Miles has that right point. Bill walks onto the midline. Immortal Hulk follows up and throws Bill off. And then Black Cat, because he's, she's also got two power from Wong, staggers Immortal Hulk. So he actually ignores the researcher yeah. and goes for the stagger option with Black Hat rather than contesting. So at the end of round one, it's three all. I have my home right sparks and the, and the researcher and he has the other three right sparks. Who's sat on your home? Daredevil. Daredevil, right, okay. So I'm like, okay, that's gone better than my game against Darren. <laughs> yeah, you've scored, you've scored some points. And this played I was five yeah. nil down. <laughs> Electra then starts, because I-Hulk is staggered. I'm like, I'm not going to go with him first. And she dazes Miles. Brilliant. So this is one of the reasons I bring Electra along, because Electra has this range three mystic attack, and Miles doesn't like mystic. So she does some damage with it, and then it gets her close, 
and the ninjas are quite close. So she then does her spender. She's had so much, taken so much damage. So she does her spender round two, which finishes Miles off. Does her spender get additional dice if the ninjas are nearby? So the, the spender is an eight dice attack. If the ninjas are within range two of the target, it's a ten dice attack. And crucially, your opponent doesn't count crits, nor do they explode them. Wow. Okay. So it makes it quite an effective way. I mean, yes, he has a bunch of rerolls. Basically, there are only two sides which are successes to him. So that's a great start. And she's now on the point. Bill then walks up and lobs Immortal Hulk at Daredevil. And Daredevil survives just. He survives on one. Oh, yeah, because he's only five health, isn't he? So he could, yeah. he could be one shot by that. Yeah, so Immortal Hulk is now staggered and thrown out the middle. And this is classic kind of Bill Black Hat combo. Because in the end, Immortal Hulk ends up having to walk back up and just throw Bill off the point. At which time, Gwen then pulls Immortal Hulk off the researcher. Right. Could you not have gone with Daredevil first to bait out the Gwen move? Yeah, I think I do go with Daredevil first, but he doesn't do a huge amount. But basically, because I've only got three characters to his five, he's always able to, to, to get that last activation. But either way, he can definitely go with Gwen last. And therefore, he's always got that option to pull whoever's lands on the researcher off the point. Exactly, exactly. So I think all he does is move Gwen, pull, move back onto a point. So at the end of the round, it's five all because we've both now got two right spots. He doesn't actually move anyone onto the middle because he doesn't want anyone close to Immortal Hulk. He just doesn't want you scoring it either. The last turn, Immortal Hulk has also been staggered again by Black Cat. Black Cat is just generating an extra power with Wong. So... Immortal Hulk is staggered again. Electra gets dazed by Miles. Electra has actually been healing up quite nicely because of the riot sparks. Of course, yeah, she got plenty of power from when she was taken out. So exactly, but um, she still gets dazed by Miles. No, oh. <laughs> which is which is a bit of a scunner. And Immortal Hulk is, I think, Immortal Hulk is still in that position where all his characters are quite far away. So Immortal Hulk's not able to do a huge amount. So Immortal Hulk kind of jumps. And maybe does like one attack, but kind of fails to do the damage. I think his dice don't get rolling. And so it means he ends up getting staggered and thrown again because he keeps getting staggered. So he's basically getting one attack off a turn. He does an attack, which doesn't work. And then Bill and Black Cat combo stagger and throw him away again. And Daredevil then gets dazed by Gwen. Oh, no. <laughs> because he's only got like one health left. Yeah. Yeah. So she doesn't need to get much through. But she's only throwing four dice and he's counting yeah. blanks. Yeah. So that's a bit of a shame because it also, if he'd survived, he could have walked up and hit it back. You know, he's doing nice stuff. So at the end of that round, I don't score anything. He still only scores two VPs. Just those two riot sparks he's got, but you're not getting anything. Yeah. So it's five, seven. So I'm seven, five down. So now Daredevil has a big opportunity because he's had to move his black cat and his Gwen into positions to in order to do what they wanted to do last round daredevil has a perfect spender opportunity right he has to move but he moves he spenders into gwen and black cat with the re-rolls nice and fails to take either of them out oh no he has the power to do that extra attack but it's not worth it at that point because you power them up you don't take them out and you potentially take damage yourself exactly and that is huge Tom had been playing it really cagey. They're really nice, like webs running around the outside hadn't given me the opportunity to have many attacks. And this was that big opportunity to have that attack. So I really needed that to go off. 
And if I'd taken them both out, then it's 3v3 and I'm feeling good. And it also means that Daredevil is in a bit of no man's land. Yep. On his injured side. Yeah. So he's not scoring any points. That's a huge moment because then Electra on her right survives against Miles, but then fails to take Miles out. I think Miles has one health left. And he's still, oh no, he was day. So they're both injured though, at least. Yeah. 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 And then Gwen pulls Electra off. Immortal Hulk, similarly, because now Gwen's got loads of power, Immortal Hulk throws Bill off. Again, loads of people are away from Immortal Hulk, but he then just gets pulled around. So Gwen now has loads of power to pull people off points. So it's starting to spiral away from me. And at the end of that round, it's 12-5 to Tom. So I still haven't scored anything just because of the way that my characters are positioned. So he's gotten, he got the research at this point. Imagine Bill yeah. sat on it. Yeah. I think Bill goes and sits on the research. No, sorry, Gwen goes and sits on the research. Right, okay. And then, yeah, he's now got the right sparks. And yours, I mean, I don't know where your points are coming from because he'll always have that last activation to pull whoever it is off yeah. the off the researcher. And yeah, so at this point, I'm really struggling. Electra goes and takes out Miles. Only just, even though it's a five-dice mystic into his three mystic defense without the re-rolls, and he's only got one health left. I think I actually double tap him with the ninjas, don't do it, then just get him with an Electra. And then Electra fails to take out Gwen. And she's then stuck in no man's land. At this point, I'm like, I've just got to take characters off the board. I've got to take activations away. And Immortal Hulk is again like staggered and thrown. He gets he gets staggered and thrown almost every turn. I just don't know what to do against it. And yeah, it just really spiraled. And in the end. Gwen survives and pulls people around, and it's 16-5 to Tom. Oh, so after those first two turns where you just sort of cling on to it, he's got you sort of right where you he wants you. For you to take those activations away from him, for you to fight him, you risk taking getting yourself out of position, which then he then runs around and takes all those points that you've just conceded. Yeah, so I think hindsight's a wonderful thing, and I actually think... Because Darren mugged me off so badly in that last game, because he really out-attritioned me in this almost identical kind of game in last episode, I'm thinking at the start of the game, okay, that was an anomaly, and my attrition game should still work in this way. But I think the problem was is there were four points for the riot spots and only two for the research, which is the one I wanted. So I really needed my attrition game to work well. And I actually think, in hindsight, I should have been more aggressive with Immortal Hulk in that turn one, turn two. So basically, I at the start of round one, I double moved and threw just to get that VP. Whereas in hindsight, I should have moved, hopped, and then punched Bill properly. And then if you'd gotten power from that, then you can throw. Yeah, I think that would have been the better option because that way I'm getting that attrition game rolling. And particularly the Bill Black Cat combo completely neutered Immortal Hulk. It sounds like Immortal Hulk never rolled dice this game. He basically was doing max one attack a turn. And actually, normally he was just throwing someone. Because he had to hop, move, throw, or double move and throw. So it was really nicely played by Tom. Like it was really close for those first three rounds. And I think if a few dice rolls had gone the other way, you know, Electra, if she'd managed to take out Miles that turn earlier, that takes away the leadership. If Daredevil takes out Gwen or Black Cat, or ideally both, that would have been huge. But it just didn't quite happen. And because of that, it meant the Web Warriors could do all their stuff. You know, auto-stagger, easy throws, 
auto pulling people off points. So it was a, a really like webs game. A real lesson in webs. It sounds like the game that Darren expected to play. Obviously, yeah. his, his dice popped <laughs> off, which meant that he, he was able to do more damage than you anticipated him to do. But it sounds like Tom just played the game that Darren would have been expecting to play. And it, it, it does. It sounds like potentially by going attritiony on something that is so wide like Riot Sparks, you lack the ability to manage that control that they have. You almost need to fight fire with fire in that situation. And, and maybe going slightly wider to match their activations might have been the better option. In hindsight, I think maybe I should have gone with the ASM-led webs. Yeah. Because I'm not too worried about the defensive rerolls because the webs don't generally do loads of damage and webs hate the ASM leadership because they get slowed. Yeah, they hate being slow, don't they? And that particular team as well with Black Cat and Gwen uh, both moving long. Bill. Oh, even. Bill, yeah. He, well, he's... Oh no, he's he's a medium move. Medium move. Oh yes. So I think that that's what kind of went through my head at the start of the game. I think part of the issue was I was like, I'm I'm here for playing a mortal Hulk, and if we'd drawn any of my other secures, uh, sorry, extracts, I think I would have gone webs. But I think because I was tricked by researcher. Yeah, tempted. Fair. Well, another lesson in webs. Exactly. Sadly, another loss. But you've got one more game in the group stage to redeem yourself. Should we go take a look? So, final game of day one. I imagine on one win and two losses, where where are you sitting in the group? Sort of lower middle? I think I might be fourth. Okay. This game, I'm pushing for that shield position. Is that right? No, the plate, sorry. The, the, the middle tier. The plate, yeah. Yeah. So, if you win this, good chance that you go into plate. You lose this, you win the shield. Exactly. So, yeah, here's your redemption arc. Come on. Yeah. Uh, who's your opponent and what are they bringing? So I'm up against AJ Backhouse, who is a local guy. So I've I've actually only played him like once or twice before, but he's he's one of the Londoners. He's on our scene. Fantastic models. Kind of similar style to mine with the comic booky art. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about this more either at the end or, or in part two, but the um, the hobby on show was excellent, but some real standouts were yourself, but also AJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic paint jobs. If I remember rightly as well, he was sitting pretty at top of your group as yeah. well. So I think the way the group had worked out, because I'd played obviously three games already, there were only two players I could have played against. And that was a similar situation for someone else. So I actually ended up playing AJ because I was the higher ranked your highest ranked that hadn't played AJ yet. But AJ was sitting top of the group at 3-0. and oh, So you've just, you're on the back of two losses. Yeah. You've now got to face <laughs> someone on three wins. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, whoever wrote the format, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. Fire him. <laughs> Get rid. But he rocked up with his criminal syndicate slash brotherhood roster. So he's running a Ooh. combination between Kingpin criminals and Mystique, which is quite an interesting one that he's playing with. So it's quite similar kind of game style to Hellfire Club and Web Warriors, but his own twist on it. I win priority and we pull Gamma Waves, which is my secure, nice. and Legacy Virus, which is his extract. So it's two of mine, actually, and they're quite slow scoring ones. Oh, right. So you've, you've given yourself the best chance against the best player in the group. Nice. And we go 19 threat. Brilliant. Yep. So I go with Daredevil, Amazing Spider-Man, Luke Cage, and Immortal Hulk. Okay. The idea being that I'm creating a bubble where my dudes are very hard to kill with like witty banter and just being quite tanky generally, and also very good at protecting Immortal Hulk. 
But he's not getting staggered like in the last game. Yeah. Yeah. You've learned from that and, and you've brought a bodyguard. Yeah. And he goes with Kingpin. So it's Kingpin Criminals. Rhino. Black Cat. It's my third game against Black Cat. I love her. It's great. <laughs> Listeners, you can't see uh, Archie's face, but he's clearly being sarcastic. <laughs> Toad and OG Hulk. Oh, right. Okay. Nice. So it's actually quite a brawly kingpin criminals, which I guess is not overly surprising. You've got to be worried about Toad in that situation as well, getting all those deadly legacy viruses and, and popping off. Yeah, absolutely. AJ's done a fantastic Hulk kind of 3D print, which makes him look like a gangster. Oh, nice. So he's a criminal. Apparently Hulk goes through a criminal phase. And so this is that version. <laughs> I remember seeing he's in like a 30s pinstripe suit and he's got like a, a Tommy gun. It's really cool. Yeah, it's sick. But we're not here for the hobby. We're here for the serious gaming. Sorry. Yeah. Back to the back to the dice. <laughs> so part of the reason I bring ASM is so that I can grab the middle virus and run to safety. So round one, that's exactly what I do with priority. I grab the central one and sit back on the back gamma. Daredevil takes the left and Toad takes the right. So I'm up 2-1 on the viruses. Immortal Hulk moves into the middle and has a go at Kingpin, but doesn't do a huge amount. And then he gets thrown off by Hulk for the last activation. But the way I've positioned my models and, and the terrain is set up means that he can't throw it into one of my characters. Nice, nice, good. Because that, you know, no one likes that, do they? Exactly. The round ends three all. So he's got two gammas, I've got one, and I've got two virus, and he's got one. Right, so relatively slow scoring as well, yeah. but, but even. Exactly. So Immortal Hulk then kicks off round two and has a go at Kingpin. So he's very cleverly positioned. So basically, his Hulk is closest to my Immortal Hulk. He then has Kingpin. And he behind Kingpin, he has Rhino. So he's got this little like straight line. But what's really smart is if I attack Hulk and throw him, I can't throw him into Rhino. I can only throw him into Kingpin. And Kingpin doesn't take collision damage from characters. So it means that I'm not getting that maximum effect. So instead, what I decide to do is I decide to go for Kingpin. <laughs> Unfortunately, Immortal Hulk does terribly. <laughs> I think he maybe does one damage to Kingpin off his two attacks and doesn't get either of the throws off i'm worried that the moral of this event is going to be that immortal hulk doesn't come out for a while <laughs> i feel like it's a, it's a not a broken record but certainly <laughs> something on repeat immortal hulk attacks doesn't do too much yeah it was savage because i was thinking okay i can take out kingpin here i can keep priority and i can take out in days as leader and obviously the whole shtick with kingpin criminals is when they're healthy they um count the two on the objectives and so then he goes back and Luke tries to protect Immortal Hulk from basically being staggered by Hulk and Black Cat. And he successfully does this, but in the end gets dazed that round. So Luke's, Luke's taken a bit of a beating, but at least Immortal Hulk is unstaggered. Daredevil just kind of runs back to my home gamma. His rhino walks onto my back gamma and ASM has a go into rhino, but can't take him off. And I think Actually, the ordering is slightly the opposite, is that Rhino then robs ASM and throws him off. Ah, uh, okay. So that means that he is scoring the back point, because despite the fact that Daredevil and Rhino are both on it, the Kingpin leadership gives him the advantage. Yeah. Oh, that's so good in Gamma, because that's two points. Yeah. So at the end of that round, even though we haven't had many dazes, I think the only character that got dazed was Luke. It's 9-4 to AJ. Quite the swing. So I've scored only one point from one virus, which I'm holding with Daredevil, and he gets pretty much all the rest. 
but it's okay because I've still got priority at the top of round three. And Immortal Hulk, you know, he's got another go. He's not staggered. That's that's new. He's not staggered, which is great. And he whiffs again. Oh, no. So I think this time I go for Rhino because I'm trying to take off that character that's really attacked the back point. And also yep. Rhino's a size four throw that I can lob into, say, Hulk. Yes. And that's pretty tasty. But yeah, I don't, I don't get the throw off in either of my attacks again. I think I might just have to throw him once and just get him away. Oh, no. And because of that, Rhino survives and Daze is Daredevil. Because I imagine you've probably given him some power, stampedes in and... Yeah. I think he stampedes in, he throws a terrain feature at Daredevil, which he doesn't like, and then he attacks him. And it would have been nice because Daredevil could have then clapped back. But I think even if I'd clapped back, the odds of me killing him would have been really low because I did so little damage with Immortal Hulk. So that's that's quite a big deal because then Daredevil, of course, drops his virus. And I think Rhino picks it up. So Rhino now has two of the viruses. Luke Cage gets so close he's one off dazing kingpin who then proceeds to stagger eye hulk because he's got that spender now he's got loads of power yeah. and that spender's class so he's got within that list he's got three staggers he's got two auto staggers one with black hat one with kingpin and then he's got a potential stagger a very high potential stagger with his hulk because he'd thrown luke away so it meant luke wasn't in bodyguard range or or too dangerous to ignore range so that's pretty tough ASM gets so close to bringing it back in this turn for me because he dazes Kingpin, but crucially he gets his momentum off. And so he momentums into Black Cat, who is sitting on that central point healthy. So it's three damage coming into Black Cat, who's two health away. She gets two blocks off three dice on her defense. And it means that she survives. ASM is in the middle. Both characters are healthy, but again, the Kingpin leadership means that she's scoring the middle. So at the end of the round, it's 15-5 to AJ. So I'm in a bit of a dicky situation here. When the crisis came out, I was like, does Kingpin really like this? There's only three points. But actually, it doesn't matter that there's only three points because he can still get the advantage on you with fewer characters. And that's, that's a point then you're not scoring. Yeah, and my attrition was not working. I think basically that I Hulk was my eggs in basket. And he needed to do more than he did in these first three rounds. <laughs> he then, just, just to really, like, rub it in, he all according to plan. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready to have big priority. And uh, yeah. he, he steals priority, which allows Hulk to throw Daredevil away because AJ is terrified of his area attack. But Daredevil survives, which is huge. I, Hulk, has now got a decent amount of power. So he gamma bursts his spender into Rhino, who annoyingly survives, but gets thrown into Black Cat, who then dazes. Nice. So Black Cat's only got one health left at this stage. So so it's it's not a great turn from Immortal Hulk, but it's better. He's actually dazed someone, which is, you know, all right. And I think he's also sat on the point. AJ then goes with Toad and runs away into the corner because all he needs to do is score one VP and he wins. And he's holding a thing. There's literally no way you can, unless you can take Toad out and stop him scoring any points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You score. exactly. Kingpin proceeds to do not very much, but he throws Luke away, which puts Luke a little bit in no man's land. But Daredevil walks in, does his big area attack, and he KOs Rhino. He does a decent chunk of damage to Hulk, but importantly pushes Hulk off the point, and also 
just kingpin off the points. So at the moment, he's got none of the gammas now. Just got one point on Toad. Well, no. So he's got one point with Hulk as well. Ah, of course. ASM, I didn't realize this. ASM chases Toad down because he's a long mover with a swing and is able to pack him and dazes him. Oh, well played, ASM. ASM comes in. And I score in that round. I get 11 points. But unfortunately, Hulk is holding the extract. So he gets to 16. Oh, no. So it ends up being 11. And I was so excited when when ASM dazed Toad because I thought that means it goes another round. And at 15-11, he's got loads of characters dazed. And you're sat with all but one extract. So actually, it's on him to then get those off you. And he's used his steals. He's lost Rhino. Yeah, it's much harder for him to do so. Exactly, exactly. But unfortunately, Hulk is not taking enough damage. He's, he's got you in that position where you've got one activation left. You either try and take out Hulk or you try and take out Toad. And sadly, you can't do both. I think it's quite heroic from ASM. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. And he, he shouldered that well. It's great. It's, it's where, like, actually Toads, are, Toads running into a corner are not safe because ASM has a big or a medium base, a long move, and then a swing. And that swing gives him extra dice. So then suddenly he's got a seven dice attack. And I think Toad had taken a little bit of damage at this stage because of the gammas. And he's got no defensive tech. He just yeah. he just got runaway tech. Yeah. So, you know, a seven dice physical strike going into him is the business. Yeah. So he does really well. Ultimately, I think there, there were two elements to this game. There was the kingpin leadership was clutch because there were so many occasions where it was one-on-one on an objective and Kingpin leadership was winning it. But to be honest, the big factor was Immortal Hulk didn't show up until round four. He needed his throws, didn't he? Because if you can't out-model them on the secures, you need to get them off. And and I've had played games against Criminal Syndicate where I've just, not, I've just tried not to fight them. Yeah. I can't fight them. If I try and fight them, they stay on the points, they score. So you just get them off those points. Yeah. And if that your tool to do that isn't rolling those wilds, which is, you know, come on, mate, you got seven dice. I know. And I think essentially it was that, particularly the first turn where he did that attack into Kingpin. If he could have taken Kingpin out or Rhino with the throws, then yeah. that would have been a really big deal. And maybe in hindsight, I should have tried to just really go for Hulk and just really try and get Hulk down the way aj positioned it was really clever with that kind of like caterpillar of those three models yeah but i think ultimately immortal hulk failing to do a lot and this is what we talked about after the game as well it was basically it was hulk it was a hulk off and his hulk was just more reliable with his dice than, yeah. than my hulk well his hulk as well gets better the more you put into it whereas your hulk gets worse yeah because it's still got all the same dice and obviously when you do eventually daze him and he comes back, he comes back with no power. Yeah. So so I'm very pleased that I managed to bring it back, but it was just those early turns where my attrition wasn't. It's, it's, it's the same story, actually, as the last game where I was really relying on those early turn attritions. And if that doesn't work, then I don't have a huge amount to fall back on. And I think that that really came back to bite me in those last two games. Well, unfortunately, that means you've ended the day with one win and three losses. Yeah. So you finished fourth in the group. Yeah. Let's end this there and then let's reflect on day one and look forward to day two. I don't mind being wrong as long as I can correct my mistakes. Commiserations, Archie, but it's not all bad. You might have gone one and three, but fortunately, you've got a chance to redeem yourself tomorrow 
when we go into the shield, all records are wiped clean. You all go into the shield as equals with a chance to come out with some silverware. But before we do that, what are your sort of overall reflections on your roster, but also day one in general? So group system that we had, for whatever reason, the draw ended up having a whole bunch of very similar rosters in our group. So including me, there were three web warriors. There was a Hellfire Club and this criminals list. In fact, no, sorry, there were four web warriors, including me. Oh my goodness. So all of those lists play quite similarly where they, they go for kind of extracts and just try and annoy you with, you know, the likes of black cats and bills and, and that. I think I played those characters the most. And um, I think because I was going for defenders, particularly that didn't work so well. Because this, like, up the middle, especially with Immortal Hulk, was quite easy to control. Yeah, it sounds like you brought a knife to a car chase. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's driving around, going on, on the on the track, and you're there getting lapped. Yeah. Trying to stab people while, yeah. they, while they drive away. Yeah, I'm just swinging. I, I think, in hindsight, I would have been better off, especially in game three. I wouldn't have predicted it so much in game four. But game three in particular, I should have brought webs. I have that pivot. I think the my problem is I had in my head that I wanted to play with defenders and I particularly wanted to play with Immortal Hulk. And actually, I should have been a bit more ruthless with myself and just said, no, these are the crises you bring webs and you just, you just do that. So I think against these rosters in particular, I think webs would have been better to counter them. It's a funny one because there's lots of reasons why why we play this hobby and it's lots of reasons why we you know why we enjoy it. You know, you come here, you want to play games, you want to win those games. You also want to, you know, you might have freshly painted up a model that you think looks cool and you want to see it on the table. You might really like something from the comics you really really want to see it on the table. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you've set yourself up to to be versatile, to be able to to lean into an alternative way of playing to keep yourself competitive. Yeah, but perhaps your your love for the model, your eagerness to get Immortal Hulk on the table has perhaps held you back. Is that fair? Yeah, I absolutely think so. I think actually, you know, the first game, I think definitely it was the right call to go with Immortal Hulk because of the crises. But the next three games, I should have looked across the table, seen the fact that I was playing these web warriors, these hellfire clubs, these criminals with loads of tech and being like, okay. I need to bring my own tech. I can't rely on my dice rolls because ultimately my opponent is not relying on their dice rolls. They're doing a lot of things automatically. And so I think that's where I need to come in to a, an event like this, where ultimately it's a competitive event. It's not one of the more casual like crisis at the cafe events. It's quite a highly competitive event. And I just need to come, on, come in with that tactical, ruthless brain to just be like, what are the best characters that I can take? for this crisis definitely i don't think i came in with that mindset and when we say you know they're not rolling dice what we mean by that is that they're able to use their superpowers they're able to use automatic effects from attacks mm -hmm. to control you yeah. and to limit your ability to to implement your game plan and where your game plan is to just try and take models off the board well the one piece of variance in the game is dice. Yeah. And, and and you really need those to go your way. Whereas, yeah, a lot of those teams you faced today sound like they didn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's an interesting part of the Daredevil leadership in particular, because the Daredevil leadership actually encourages you to roll dice in attacks particularly and actually have a go with those attacks because you then get those rerolls, you get the benefits. 
but actually it was it was interesting to see other ways of building rosters where it's totally the opposite where you're actually not really that bothered about doing damage with your attacks you're bothered about making attacks to get those triggers off or doing superpowers so it was a tough day one well, i'm disappointed to only go one and three but i think you know i had four really fun games and i think i learned a lot about the roster and about what it's good into and what it's not good into so i was able to bank that and take it into day two <laughs> i hope so and fingers crossed do you think it's going to be a different field going into the shield obviously a lot of those hellfires a lot of those webs that might be dominating in other groups and doing really really well probably qualifying for the plate and the cup you know are you expecting to see much more varied field in the shield yeah i think it'll be interesting with the shield i think it'll be interesting to see if there are teams like mine in the shield that other teams like mine have not done so well because i do think that i played against some really quality opponents yep. that knew what they were doing with their rosters and i think that these rosters while they're very powerful like the hellfire clubs the web warriors the criminal syndicates very powerful rosters are also quite high skill cap so i might expect to play against other players who maybe haven't fared so well with those rosters in that shield because they are difficult to play ultimately so we'll see i'm hoping for some kind of proper up the middle scraps where i'm not seeing i'm hoping not to see so many black cats and bills personally because they really come for a little hulk <laughs> i i imagine there might be 23 other players in the shield who are thinking the same thing and hoping to not see so many of, of those faces i'm hoping that immortal hulk rolls a wild because i imagine given the results on day one it's not changed your mindset on wanting to get immortal hulk on the table particularly if if he doesn't come to the next few events yeah. that you know this is this is his last chance saloon this is his this is his event this is this yeah. is, the list is built around him so i'm not going to change my tune for day two especially given kind of the the shield will hopefully be more kind of relaxed environment than than the cup would be <laughs> So yeah, looking forward to day two. And we had a great evening on day one as well. We had a great quiz. Yeah, we did. It was so much fun, wasn't it? Um, we didn't do too well, did we? It turns out people who play MTP are comic book nerds and, and we perhaps don't don't hit the, hit the brief. I think our secret weapon was our friends are here who actually knew quite a lot. And he largely answered the questions for us. I also think we, we got worse during the quiz because we all got slightly more drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I'm if I'm honest, it was a bit similar to the uh, the symbiote syndicate. Yeah. Syn what's that game called? Sorry, um, separation anxiety. Se oh, separation anxiety. It's a bit similar to that. I think I started losing focus the more I was drinking. So yeah, I was probably a terrible participant uh, in the quiz. <laughs> but yeah, ironically as well, here's like our, our newest member in playing mcp he's got the least experience playing the game but it, it turns out he's got the most knowledge when it comes to the, the comic books so yeah he was a, a real asset yeah so that was a great way to round off day one however it might affect my performance in day two we'll see yeah a couple, a couple <laughs> of sore heads absolutely right well i suppose that's it for part mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. we're, we're splitting these up into two episodes aren't we with it been a, a yeah. two-day event so we've got we've got day two and the and the mutant weekend of shield to look forward to in the next episode yeah so stay tuned to hear how i get on but before we go curtis where can people find you you can find me on instagram i am simple edge highlights if you see me on discord i am curtis and if you see my name floating around in Longshanks events uh, i'm in there as curtis h you can find me on instagram as well at smeagol's corner you can see all our mcp and other toys there 
and you can find me on the discord as archie underscore rc and please feel free to reach out to us to talk about marvel crisis protocol all aspects of the hobby and the game side of things uh, and also please leave feedback for the podcast absolutely and, and oh we'd be we'd get told off if we don't mention this but we've recently set up a youtube channel haven't we yeah so our audio editor uh, louis has set up a youtube channel for us and he is super hyped for it and he's done some awesome videos to accompany the audio so please check that out it's cables conquests on the youtubes yeah his graphics are are so cool so if, if you've grabbed your paintbrushes and you're sat down to listen normally you're a youtube person please 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 do check us out and feel free to uh, leave us a comment there we'll we'll definitely come back and answer that well i think that's everything for part one please stay tuned for part two and thank you for coming on this journey with me curtis no problem and until next time keep up the conquest The name's Cable. Remember it.